Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm looking forward today as we continue our Bible study in the 12th chapter of 2 Corinthians, and I'm praying God will speak to our hearts here as we continue in this theme. Paul is defending himself against the criticism of the Corinthian Christians. Now, understand, Paul had written a stout, spirit-filled letter to them in 1 Corinthians, correcting their sin and calling it out, and some I don't doubt it had gotten right, but some had risen up and kind of rebelled against that, pushed back against the letter, and they had allowed some Judaizers who'd entered in to take their heart and sway them from their affection for Paul, and they began to cut him down. They began to look for flaws. They began to criticize the man that had done so much and invested so much in their life. So Paul has been on the defense most of Second Corinthians, and that is exactly the case as we find him uh, here today. Paul reached, we'll say, the pinnacle of the chapter, the zenith of his argument, and uh, uh, he, he says, uh, he talks about the fact that he had a, uh, a vision, he was caught up uh, and was taken to the third heaven, the abode of God. He got to see things and hear things that are not lawful for man to speak. Carnal man could not understand nor comprehend it. And he's he's laying out a resume, if you will, to validate his ministry. He did not want to do this. In fact, he said, you've got to bear with me in my folly. He said, I'm a fool and you've done this to me. I, I, I'm doing things I normally wouldn't do to try to convince you that I am who I say I am. I'm a man of God and I have a, a sincere desire and uh, intentions when it comes to your life for the cause of Christ. They had so easily, those Christians in Corinth, so easily sold out Paul for these false prophets. And I've warned this before. We must be careful because it's amazing how quickly people will accept error and chastise or cast out truth. There's something about our fallen nature that all of us still deal with, battle, and have that is ready with open arms to embrace that which is wrong and ready to, at arm's length, keep the truth. And so they are doing that to the Apostle Paul. Paul, the last broadcast, just gave us those great verses about how he was given a thorn in the flesh. And he made this statement, quoting the Lord, Jesus answered Paul's third time he prayed. Jesus responded. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, he said, I'll rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ, the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, it's good that I've been broken. It's good that I've been uh, beaten down. It's good that I've been afflicted. It is good that I have this thorn that torments me every single day because that thorn has taught me about grace and that thorn has taught me about the power of God. It got Paul to quit leaning on Paul. Now, Paul might have had a tendency to lean on his intellect, on his uh, um, his understanding of the Old Testament, his education that he would received as a young man growing up at the feet of those Jewish instructors. <coughs> I don't know what it was, but I know 
This thorn kept his eyes on the Lord and realizing I am nothing. He is everything. And he understood this. When I am weak, what he means by that is when I'm emptied of myself, when I take away all self-efficiency, when I take away any kind of misconception that I have any power or might in and of myself, then I'm the strongest because the power of God can get to work in my life. Now we're in our new verses here. That's verse 11 and following. Let me quickly say, if you've missed those previous Bible studies that are recapped and others, those are all on the podcast, and our podcast can be found wherever podcasts are found, and it's free to subscribe. You just go and type in Striving for Revival and hit subscribe, and you'll have free instant access to every single uh, Bible study that we have ever done. It's all there, and it's for you. It's a tool that I pray you can use as you study the Bible along with me. Now, verse 11, here's what he says. I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Paul again is laying out his resume of authenticity as far as his apostolic office. He said, there's not a thing you can call out in the life of another apostle that I have not exemplified and even outdone in my own life. Verse 12, truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Now, that's an important thing for us to discuss. You might see it sometime every once in a while uh, on the television or driving down the road on a billboard or hear it uh, uh, somewhere spoken where somebody says, I'm an apostle or apostle so-and-so is the pastor of that church. Well, neighbor, there are no apostles in this day and hour. The apostolic office ceased whenever John, uh, was, who was the last surviving apostle, whenever he left earth for eternity, that was the end of the apostles. And all of those signs and wonders that accompanied those early uh, apostolic ministries have also ceased. But Paul is saying here in verse number 12 that it was manifested his authenticity in his integrity, in his patience, the way he dealt with them, and also in all the mighty miracles and signs God allowed him to do. Now, those signs ceased with the completion of the New Testament. When the last book of the Bible was penned by inspiration of God, no longer did God speak through signs. Now God speaks solely through Scripture. The Holy Spirit of God will use the Scripture to speak to our heart. You can always find a false prophet by seeing how they uh, utilize quote-unquote spiritual gifts. If they're trying to promote signs, wonders, and miracles, tongues, and weird things like that that used to be in effect in the book of Acts, then you know that's a false prophet. None of those things are in operation today. We don't need a sign. We have the Scripture. We lean on the Bible. We have faith. The Jews seek after a sign. The Greeks require wisdom, but we preach Christ and Him crucified. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Paul took a lot of time. We have already studied it together in uh, the book of Corinthians and let that church uh, uh, know there in 1 Corinthians that uh, those signs, he said, are, are, are worthless, that charity is the main thing, and that all those things will cease when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away, and that which is perfect is sitting before me right here in our Bible. We have a perfect, complete word of God. All right. Verse 13. For what is it wherein you were inferior to other churches, except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now, if you just read that, you might think, what in the world is that talking about? And really, I've studied it out, and there's two different interpretations that Bible commentators take. One is this Paul is being direct and honest. And then the other here says Paul's using some sarcasm. 
Now, probably because Paul's used sarcasm throughout his letter and even in the previous chapter, he's probably being sarcastic here. And the thought is this, for how were you inferior to other churches except that I did not burden you financially? So he's being sarcastic, said, forgive me. He said, I should have, basically saying, maybe I should have been harder on you and asked you to give in the offering that you promised to give and expected you to come through and honor your word and give like other churches gave. Paul is arguing his case to the Corinthian critics. He's laying out evidence after evidence, fact after fact, that uh, he was who he said he was and that he cared for them. They had allowed themselves to be manipulated by those who wanted to make merchandise of them. Let me stop and say this. You and I need to be careful. How many good churches? church members that have a pastor that loves them and a, a church that cares for them are so quick to give their heart to some movement or some man or some ministry they've never met, they've never vetted, but it sounded good, it looked good, it gave them liberty to do something they felt like they wanted to do, that their church just said, you know what, that's wrong, but this place said you can go do it. How quickly we are to let somebody take advantage. We've got to be careful. You better be careful. Don't just send your money anywhere. Don't just give your uh, influence or let influence you. Just don't let that come from anywhere. We've got to be careful about who we lend our heart to and who we lend our ear to. Amen and amen. All right, verse 14. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours but you. What a statement that is. Paul's reminding them, I'm not after anything in your purse. I'm after you personally. I'm not after your money. I'm after your heart. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. He said, you know what? Fine. He said, I, I'm not going to ask anything from you. I, I'm just going to come, and I want to minister to you. I want to serve you. I want to bless you. I want to be good to you. I want to encourage you in the Lord. I want to help you get some wrong things right. He said, that's my only agenda, my only prerogative. When I come to where you are, he said, I'm not going to mention the offering, though you promised it. I won't mention all this other mess, though you've caused it. I just want to come there and I want to fellowship with you and be a blessing in your life. The pastoral heart of Paul comes out all throughout this letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians. And what a heart it is where he is willing to take their criticism and yet respond with compassion. That's all of our time for today. Make sure you join us next broadcast. We have a great verse coming up in the chapter. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.